levels. Check the levels. <laughs> All the levels. All the levels. Test, test, test. Always, always doing the levels. doing levels. I'm at Audubon Country Club with Abe Schmucker and Derek Yabra. Yabra. What's up? What's up, buddies? We're with uh, a friend of mine and ours, uh, Grid Life instructor, Grid Life racer, Blake Meredith. What's that one? Blake drove all the way up from Atlanta. That was dumb. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, but I helped Adam out. And he gave me a free car. <laughs> <laughs> a free shell. Uh, yeah, so how did you get that shell? It's a Civic Hatchback. So, uh, I didn't want any more Hondas. But I know. Like, I, there, was a, there was a customer at OPM Autosports down right. in Cumming, Georgia, that totaled his ITC car, and he was done with it. Done. So he decided to sell it. It had been sitting at OPM for about a year, and they finally said, look, you got to get these parts out of here. Right. So... I said, well, I don't need it, but I'll buy it. Right. And it was $500 for all the parts to a crashed ITC car with all the suspension, the motor, the transmission, and the tub that you had, which was a complete rolling car with an engine and yeah, transmission. And rust-free. And perfectly straight. Never wrecked. Yeah, no rust. Like a couple of dents. So, so I got a free shell. And two doors. All I had to do was buy Blake a bunch of fuel and, <laughs> and uh, entice him. It's a really cool color. I think it's you have brown. a red Civic that doesn't run yet. So what well, do you need another ran the other day. For? Ran the other. This is a backup shell. This is like the just in case because it's rust free. You, do you, you don't find eighty eight to ninety one Civics rust free in the Midwest anymore. And it's a base yeah. model four speed car. The light one. The, the standard. Light one. <laughs> what year is it? Do you know? I think it's a ninety. It's the same as mine. Mine's a yeah. ninety standard. Um, so uh, Blake was like, "You you know anybody who wants this?" And I was like, "I want that, but I don't actually want it." <laughs> and he's like, "Well, come and get it when you can." And turns out. Can't. Every time. <laughs> Where'd you try it? it? Uh, so, <laughs> so we got pictures of it. My buddy Dave, uh, he lives about 20 miles from here, 18 miles from here. Um, it's actually 20 minutes, probably 12 miles from here, but uh, right over in, in uh, Frankfurt, Illinois. He's got this barn, and it's got this like crazy strong second story. Like It's built like a tank. Wait, who's your buddy Dave? Uh, he's the guy who got me in Hondas. Mm. Uh, he's the guy who got me in cars, actually. Um, so grid life is Dave's responsibility. He should be working right now. What's his last name? Boonder. Mm. Um, so he uh, and he's got a. Uh, I'm not going to say where, but he's got some really really low mileage Civic SIs too. Uh, he's got uh, 17 and 25 thousand mile cars. So, um, do we need to pause here? Mike Cohn just walked yeah. into the room. Mike Cohn. Oh, I thought it was a security guard. I didn't say. Hey, Mike Cohn. I just didn't want to be yelled at by a security guard. Uh, so he's got really low mileage Civic SIs. He's got some other cool things in there. And now he's got a Civic up on second story. Uh, we forklifted it up. It doesn't have any suspension. And it's right next to his backup shell. <laughs> I don't have any have low mileage Civic SIs, yeah. but I do have a high mileage Well, this Civic is the generation SI. before the, uh, the EM1 SI. Mm. No, two, two generations. Two generations. Yeah, two generations of SI. But is that so, the first SI? Uh, no, we had SIs down in 88. Mm. So. I have yeah, no, we had yeah we had eighty six SI, eighty five SI, eighty five, eighty five was the first year for the SI. The eighty fours didn't have that. No, nope. okay, but no uh, one can hear what Cole's saying. Yeah, so we well he can't, <laughs> they can't a little bit. But, so we <laughs> forklifted it off Blake's trailer, threw it in the attic, and it's a just in case car, like just in case Adam lifts when he should. Wait, where lift. do you have a forklift? At Dave's house. Mm-hmm. I have a forklift at Miles too. You don't have a forklift? Yeah, you don't have one. <laughs> I've got a bobcat with forks on it. I have, I have a tractor. <laughs> I was just thinking about one for my apartment. <laughs> no, forklifts are really useful when you play with dumb old Hondas that you need a forklift. To how else am I going to get drums at E85 out of the back of my truck? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how it does. Yeah, how you do it otherwise? You have to watch the guys that d- deliver oil. You put a tire down and you just roll it off the perfect way and it comes right off. Do they really do that? Oh yeah, you set up two tires and they roll it off. There's a certain way and they just roll it off and it just drops right off. 
Really? Yeah, I've watched a couple guys do that it. That sounds terrible. It does. It looks, <laughs> it looks sketchy as can and be. And it but splits open and spews. No. <laughs> That's what happened if I did it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I appreciate you coming all the way up here, man. Yeah, it's, absolutely. Uh, no, and then you get to come up here and instruct and hang out. Yeah, uh, you've never been to Audubon before. Never been to Audubon. Never been up this way. All right, you've been to Midwest Festival and did Midwest last, Yeah, Midwest last year. And Atlanta with us. Did yep. you, have you done any other events with us? Just those three, right? I went to Mid-Ohio in April. Yeah, I mean, yeah, those three, right? Yeah, that was it. Um, I've never been to Audubon. Yeah, it's a fun track. It's pretty First fun. First time. So, fun multiple tracks, actually. South is, is really popular. A lot of people like it. I've driven it a bunch of times. It's a little bit gingerman and it's like, but more fun. To maybe? me, it feels like disjointed. It's like, uh, like it doesn't have a whole lot of rhythm. I really like North yeah. Course a lot, and no one it, likes North Course but me. I, I think uh, South Course is a little bit more like you're, you have to focus on the corners. You don't get the flow, like the mid-Ohio back section flow. You don't get that here. Yeah. But you you have to like commit and focus on each turn. Uh, it's yeah, It doesn't have that like natural flow. But on on North Course, the lap is like two minutes and thirty seconds if yeah. you're in like a normal ish car. Yeah. That's a uh, long lap. Yeah, mid, it's a really mid to low t- mid to low twos is what you see. Like so, lows Andy is last year tech. did like a two twenty two or two twenty three. Right. That's like that's an insane. How lap. long's the full course lap then? Uh, it is no 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 three point five six. Full course is oh. yeah. That's what we're talking about. Full course. Oh, you're um, talking about full course. Like okay. a minute. South course is like minute thirty. Yeah, minute thirty, minute twenty five. So fast. North is even course. shorter. Yeah, it's like a minute ten. And it, it's not like Shenandoah, but there is a jump in the connection between yeah. uh, north and south. Shenandoah it's very was cool. A yeah, jump. we're looking at a the, trap map here, and it says I did the, the jump on the map. Yeah. I did the jump in the Viper. Yeah. Full throttle, like top of third at gear. At Shenandoah. Oh yeah. It's, that's a jump. I do have pictures of my CRX four wheels off in the jump here, though. So. Adam, what's on your arm? I don't know. Probably dirt. Oh, oh, that's this thing. <laughs> the cover for the little uh, the thing that goes. I'm sticky. I have bug you're, spray. You're so magnetic. <laughs> the piece of plastic <laughs> just yeah, stuck to you. I have bug spray and suntan lotion all over me. Um, so, Blake, you you did your first driver's school in what a nine fourteen? So, uh, yeah. How did I've, you get into cars? So, obviously, my dad. Yeah. They, we always had something different. So. Uh, Oh, he had a Volvo's growing up. My mom had a 356 when she got out of high school. Cool. So that's what she drove. My dad had a 55 Bug convertible in high school. Of course, we all wish we had those cars today. Yeah. But It'd be um, worth more than the $3 they got when they right. sold them. Right. So my dad had a Bugatti kit car. You really? Know, you put in a Volkswagen pan and all that. So I remember cool. working on that with him. And then he had a Formula V that he put together out of like seven boxes. Right. So we just always had cars. And then... Um, when I did BMX, we used to go through Marietta, go over to the BMX track, and there was a shop on the hill that had a bunch of 914s. Right. And so I was like, that'd be cool to have one of those cars. So when I was 12, my dad said, well, we'll, we'll get one and we'll fix it up. And, you know, when you turn 16, it'll be done or whatever. And, you know, you'll yeah. work on it and learn about it. And so that's what we ended up doing. And so I had that car. I didn't get that car done for my 16th birthday, so we got another one. I drove that. <laughs> that's, that's usually how <laughs> to, you. S- well, you get it's like Hondas. You gotta you, know, you gotta have yeah, two you or three solve of them. Problems <laughs> with like money. Yeah, <laughs> like hey, I didn't get it done. So, so we bought another, another one. ECU. Got that one done. Autocross that car. I started autocrossing basically four months after I got my driver's license. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, so I did that for a couple of years, and then started doing some solo one. Of, I did track days in my 914, my, the one that we restored. How right. do you fit in a 914? Are they big inside? I was inside? also wondering that. Blake is a <laughs> solid three inches taller than me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got to be 6'5". So, yeah. so they actually have a ton of headroom, and what I ended up doing was... Did you take the roof off? 
Well, yeah, the roof. But yeah, but that, you basically you take the seat cushion, okay, and you take cut it in half, right? So you have less seat cushion because the seat cushion's on it's like two, three S- inches thick, sort of like the foamectomy, right? And, and so yeah, you just yeah. sit down better. Then it's more like a bucket seat and it holds right. you in better. So that's basically how I folded myself into one. They actually have play, pretty decent amount of leg room right. for what they are, more than I would say a Miata or even like a Boxster. Yeah. Because um, they do, you know, they have kind of a flat floor, right? Because everything's behind you. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So you uh, you played with one in Solo One, which is like the precursor right. of time trial. So I did some, yeah. So when I was like 18, 17 or 18, I think I did my first track day right. in my 914. And my dad's like, you know, we might want to start not driving your everyday car. Where was your first track day? Road Atlanta. Okay. And I actually spun this. I actually got to drive Road Atlanta with the dip. Really? Yeah. So the I gravity awesome. cavity. Yeah. So that was fun. And this I is like mid nineties. Yeah. So I did my first. So explain to the no, listeners. Mid nineties. I did my I did my first track day at Road Atlanta. I was still in high school. So yeah. it was. I graduated ninety two. Ex- so ex- ninety one, ninety two was the first time I drove Road Atlanta. Yeah. Explain like what the dip was because some people don't know it used to. So not- take ten A and B out of Road Atlanta. Yeah. Like if you've watched Formula Drift, they've got <laughs> that like the left right, which is ten A and ten B, and they've got the drift loop there. Right. What did it? You went down the hill. So you went down. So where the bottom of the tunnel is right. is basically where the bottom of the track. And used then you to went be. straight back up to there. And it had a kink in it. Yeah. And so you basically would go through there full throttle, and then as you you would break up the hill as you turn to the right underneath the bridge, and the bridge, the inside part of the bridge, was the apex. That sounds so <laughs> sketchy. <laughs> sounds so, so awesome. And then, and then the pit lane was actually so they had painted pit lane was like it wasn't all the way to the left it was more to the right really? so you would actually as you came out from underneath the bridge you would drive out into pit lane and then cut back off before the little alligator strips do you think in like in pit lane in like modern spec miatas that they would be flat through there was it that fast through the dip like through all of it oh yeah. every car you were flat in the dip but you all you had to break to go over the hill to break to go over the hill okay. yeah so so it you would sketchy. go straight down the hill wide open throttle yeah you just come and up over break, into the pit lane and back over you just break up the hill yeah, you, could, you could break late because you can break later going up because hill. you're going up well that's where yeah. the nice so with the nissan i don't remember the nice you ever seen the video of the nissan blowing the front tires right yeah so um it would came down through there and it had yeah. so much downforce that the rims went through the tires Whoa. So when it hit the dip. So that started when they started to get rid Did of it. Did they have the interior and exterior paddock back then, the pro and no. the regular? No. So it was they just only the had the, the exterior one. That's what I thought. The inside at one point was actually a motor so- uh, motocross track. Mm. Up the hill on the inside was all a motocross. I so, didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So and then, so I did that for a couple of years. And then uh, in 95, I did my driver's school. Yeah. And uh, and then started racing uh, basic e-production 914. Right. With a 1.8 liter. Wasn't uh, there somebody famous in your driver's school in your first race or something? No, so I did um, in 98, I think it was, I did an HSR event at right. Roebling Road, and they had an all-914 race. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Okay. So I got to race with Hurley Haywood. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so I have a grid sheet with Hurley's name and my name, so that that's was kind of neat. Cool. Yeah, I, I remember seeing a, you, you post a picture about that. Yeah, so one of the guys that um, used to be on the forum, uh, his dad was in that race. Okay. So I had posted that up because his dad's name was there. Yeah. So that was kind of cool to get to run against Hurley Haywood. And, and a bunch of Bob old Snodgrass and all those guys. So that was kind of neat. Man, anybody named Bob Snodgrass, what a bad <laughs> mf'er! You know that guy was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's the coolest name. So yeah, that was that was kind of neat. Snodgrass uh, taste like snodgrass. They do. They do taste like that. The uh, uh, what continued you into Hondas from Porsches? So in '98, I won the Sart Championship, and uh, yeah. 
all my a lot of friends started had Hondas and they were like, you need to build an ITC car yeah. to really learn how to drive. So I'm like, yeah, okay, it sounds fun. So yeah, I you just won. You yeah, suck. Yeah. Learn how to drive. Yeah. So <laughs> learn momentum. Learn course, momentum. Guy. That's that's really what you need to do is learn Cause, momentum. Because I drive ITC cars, so <laughs> you need you need one of those to get good, right? That's so, what buddy said. So I bought an '85 CRX DX, right, and uh, fixed a ten, it up. like a ten year old car at the time. Yeah, well, 90, yeah, it was ninety, yeah, ninety eight, ninety nine. Okay. So um, fixed that up. Knew nothing about the carburetor on that thing. The little three barrel. Vacuum, yeah. Vacuum line. Hell. Rebuilt the motor. Yeah. Put a head. That was the first car I ever built my my own ca- roll cage in. Okay. Uh, a friend and I bought a tubing bender and we bent the cage in it. Yeah. So, uh, got that car and had never been in something so slow in my life. <laughs> like eighty, you know, seventy eight horsepower. It weighed. So my nine fourteen. I never. We didn't dyno cars. I didn't know about dynos or anything like that right. back then. So, but my, the nine fourteen weighed nineteen hundred. It weighed, weighed the same as the ITC car. Yeah. But it probably had almost two and a half times the horsepower. Really? Yeah. So it probably my nine fourteen probably made like one sixty at the wheels. Holy We're kind of guessing pretty, that's what healthy, it made. Yeah. Um, it was pretty strong. That was a four cylinder. Yeah, one eight. Okay. Um, so. Yeah, that's go to, like about good life cup speed, right? It's pretty fast. That's yeah. like GLTC. Yeah. Yeah. It did. I did 42s at Road Atlanta. I was never really fast in at Road Atlanta. Right Robling, Robling, I did 19s in it. Okay. So it was pretty decent. That's um, older tires and stuff, too. Those cantilevered slicks. Yeah. Cantilevered slicks. Back in the day. Explain to people real quick what a cantilevered slick is. So you have slick. a, you can only run a seven inch wide rim. Right. But the tire was actually like 10 inches wide. Yeah. So instead of doing like the stretching they do now to yeah. put narrow tires, it's the complete opposite. It's like a bubble right. that curves out. Yeah. Yeah, so some people still. I think uh, doesn't uh, Ryan run I those still Christoph, on his? Yeah, yeah Christoph. I think runs he still too. runs those on his uh, yeah. GTL car. Yeah, they're crazy because they still have that rule where they have to be seven inch wide wheels. Something like that, yeah. yeah. So I come out of turn seven in the ITC car for the first time, and I about cry because it was just the because it doesn't go anywhere. I remember thinking <laughs> the first time I did the straightaway, I was like, I can see what Austin's talking about. How this straightaway is boring. I'm like a 130 horsepower car, and you're in like literally almost half of that. Yeah, it's oh, horrible. It must have been like just maybe a hundred. The only thing slower was my tan four door that I did in Grid Life last yeah. year. Because that, that car only did eighty five. Auto automatic. Yeah, <laughs> it was automatic. <laughs> I got an eight, eighty-five miles an hour, and it just shifted fourth gear at the braking zone. Eighty-five. Eighty-five is all it was. And you were on Hoosiers too, yeah. right? So you just hold all the speed. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're like cast off slicks. It was great. Yeah, it was off my F, my production car. Was yeah. that thing the same color as your new shell? Yes, it yes. was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's more. It's sort of like a Jewish racing gold. Do, yeah, <laughs> and like we fed the. It's sort of like the walls here. Like we fed the baby too much kale. Kind of. Color, I think you if know? you ever build that. Uh, gold car, you should keep it gold and do like a brown livery. I don't know. That's very brown and it's very flat. Yeah, very flat. <laughs> you can make it look hot. It, it looks like somebody has attacked it with a palm sander, but it's just been exposed to the elements it's for a long time. It's just been sitting out in the Georgia sun for the last eight years. But it's dry. Like it's not, you can't stick it, you can't stick a screwdriver through any rocker panels probably, which is. got a good inspection of the underneath of it. Yeah, that's like a freak thing. You don't get that. On the forklift? Well, on the forklift. Yeah. Like, the only thing that was rotted out was the muffler. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, I hit it with the forklift too. And I was like, oh, you're wrecking all the best parts, <laughs> man. <laughs> the $12 like Pep Boys muffler. I hope it, I hope the gas doesn't smell too bad. Yeah. I think he's going to walk in there one It'll day and go, fine. what is that smell? There's a lot of fuel-injected vehicles <laughs> in there and a lot of carbureted vehicles in that garage. But, but the, yeah, the, the ITC car was uh, 
It was a little eye opener. Do you slows. think it made like eighty horsepower? So I did eventually dyno it. It made seventy eight at the wheels. That's not a lot. That's not a lot. That's Which wasn't bad for one of the, for a carbureted one five. Yeah. Was not bad. My friends made like eighty four, and that yep. was pretty good. So, what kind of times would that run at, at Roland? So the fastest I ever went around Road Atlanta, and that was a fifty three. Okay. Which back in that time frame in 2000, 2001 for ITC was not a bad lap time. No, that's 52s, 53s were what everybody was running. Just matted all the time. Just right? foot to the floor. Still all on the 78 horsepower. That's so little. Like a, like a brand new 450cc motocross bike makes like 57. <laughs> yeah. And they're 200 pounds. Yeah. But that was like, I mean, that car only made, what, 75 Crazy. at the crank stock? So, I mean, yeah. we made, yeah. you know, we did pretty good. How'd you do racing? Did you did pretty racing? hard. I did all right. Um, qualified. So I ran the ARC, which is the big end-of-the-year race, which used to be It huge. was real big. It yeah. used to be like 15 to 18 ITC cars would show up. Yeah, big races. Um, now like two show up. Yeah. That's pretty pathetic. Improved touring isn't what it used to be in the 90s. But, but uh, I qualified seventh one year. I would have been probably better if I hadn't crashed yeah. during qualifying. But that I always, didn't get, That always sucks. That'll slow you down for well, sure. Well, I, I was following my, uh, my Never boss. Never the fast line. I was following my boss at the time from OPM, Tom Fowler, in a Scirocco. That's right. You worked at OPM. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I was following him. I figured if I could stay with him, I'd qualify well. Right. It didn't go so well. <laughs> no, Tom didn't break when you should have break. No, or? well, I was going through one, and I wanted to pass two cars with him so I could stay with him, and uh, I went off at one. That and, will happen. And it rained the week up before that, so I just slid and hit a jersey barrier. That will happen. So it didn't mess it up too bad, but yeah. I got the, away with one. You and all the Georgia boys, you still, you got a lot of stories about crashing at Road Atlanta. I've only crashed twice. I, one of my favorite shows we've ever done. Is only twice. Bowie. Yeah. My well, fa- and it was in the same. It was in the same ITC car. Talking to <laughs> talking to Bowie and and Matt about like all the places they've crashed at Road Atlanta. Bowie's probably crashed twice in one lap. They found all the places to crash. Yes. Like, what's the worst thing that you saw in like an IT race? Like, what's the worst crash you saw? Um, you saw the track in many configurations so, with many different cars and. Um, Chuck Reynolds, uh, f- a friend of mine, had an ITA car, and he wrecked so bad that uh, it popped all the blood vessels in his eyes. Jeez, <laughs> what happened? Where did he crash? So he crashed at five. Right. Um, we, he was supposed to split the Enduro with me, so I was driving my friend Trevor's Integra, or not his Integra, his, uh, he had a 89 Accord LXI ITB car. Okay. And Chuck was going to run his ITA car and then swap with me halfway through, and he was going to run the Accord the rest of the time. Well, Chuck ends up wrecking his car. So he went off at 5 and hit the inside wall, I think. So he, like, went track left? Yeah, and I think someone was in the track, and he hit that and then hit that car and then hit the wall. And I don't know if it, like, endoed over the wall. Jeez. But it Ah. basically pushed the front of the car back two feet. I mean, it was done. And uh, so that was probably the worst one I've I've seen. But he was all right. He just yeah. He, he came down to the pits, and his eyes were just blood. Looked like a vampire. I'm like, you getting in the car? He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see any plan- planes land on the back straight? No, didn't no. see any drug deals go I've, down. I've heard <laughs> Gary has some stories about that. We haven't talked about it on the show, but yeah. he's got some stories. All them stories are totally true. They are totally true. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, have you heard any of those stories? Like, no. Someone talked about it on some other podcast. Talked about those. Yeah. I don't know if it was. Uh, I think it was dinner with racers. Dinner with racers yeah. did it that one time. But there's yeah. been rumors that the back straight of Rhode Atlanta was an airport for a while. Yep. Yeah. I don't doubt it. Yeah. I mean, I know they landed planes there. Like they're not shy about that. No. No. That definitely happened. Yeah. I heard that they flew one plane over another, and then you know, so 
you couldn't really tell it was oh yeah yeah and then one would just dip off right and land yeah on the track so the other radar would the didn't pick it up <laughs> yeah. yeah that's some uh that's trickier there you gotta have the extra plane though you gotta have a profitable well, business making all that <laughs> making all that money you know yeah you gotta have a pricing right <laughs> yeah it's very <laughs> profitable to race we all know that um so uh what so you're into hondas for 78 horsepower um what was your next venture in Honda? So then I built a G Production CRX, basically same chassis. G Production. I've never yeah. even heard of that class. Well, G Production went away yeah. in oh, 2004, right. 2005. G Production went away, and they consolidated the faster ones into F Production and the slower ones into H Production. Right. That car ended up going into H Production, and if I had known that at the time, I would not have sold it and parted it out. Right. Because um, that car, I had bought a Houseman transmission for. It. Oh, geez. Straight cut gears. And what all car else. was it? It's the same. It's a first gen CRX. Oh, no. So you bought a, Chris, a Christoph transmission. Yeah. Gosh. Well, I didn't. Mine wasn't a dog box. His is like. His all is, yeah. The, but mine was a synchro box. It was still. I sold two cars to buy it. Jeez. I sold a 323 GTX and my 86 Civic hatch to okay. buy that transmission. Yeah, that's a which expensive was, box. It was dumb. Didn't make the car go any faster, but it did sound really good. Yeah, straight, straight cut, cut gears sound cool. awesome. <laughs> so yeah. I built that, ran that car for four years, and then ended up parting it out, and then became my process of thinking about building stuff. And yeah. I think the next car I bought built was a what did I build after that? ITB nine fourteen. Yeah, I think it was the ITB nine fourteen. Right. Ran that for a year. It just melted motors. It ran so hot. What's what's uh, what's the problem with something like that? So the stock camshaft's complete garbage, <laughs> and uh, it doesn't have anywhere near enough duration. Right. And basically, the throttle body was black from it couldn't breathe enough that it would just back up. And the EGTs EGTs would run like fourteen fifty to fifteen hundred degrees, smokes. and it would just melt itself. Really? Yeah. Alumin it, aluminum melts at. Yeah, you know, it's like what, 12, 50 or well, 13? the problem with that, the problem with those engines is the exhaust seats. There's not a lot of material to hold the exhaust seats, so the right. exhaust seats tend to sag, and then you lose. Car was decently quick. It made really, it weighed, made way more power than my boss ever thought it would make. Right. Um, I ended up making like 109 and 120 torque at the wheels. That's pretty good for an ITB car. For a motor that made 95 horsepower stock at the crank. Right. And used I used a stock uh, fuel injection system on it, but I did have programmable fuel injection for IT. Like you can basically just do overbores, like better valve jobs. Yep, that one not was, a lot. That one was stock bore, had good set of heads on it. It's pretty impressive. Um, basically, I did the whole spec Miata build on it, where you need to grab all the rods and get the lightest one. So uh -huh. luckily, at work we have a, a we had a trash can full of two liter rods, and I just went out there. <laughs> Why do you have that? Because <laughs> that's what we. Well, that's what. At, one of the things we did at the shop was build Type 4 motors. Okay. We never used the stock rods in them, so we had a whole bunch of them laying you around. You order Porsche rods, they send them in a trash can. They do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a better shipping box than an Amazon thing. That's why I ship everything. So it, it worked really well. I ended up selling that. I started to convert that car into an e-production car right. and uh, totally lost interest because I, I just went insane on it and re-engineered the whole rear suspension. And, and then pretty soon it's not fun. It's just hard. No. And that's kind of what, yeah. Right. So I sold that car to a... A uh, friend up in uh, Michigan yeah. who wrecked his e-production 914, and it has since sit for the last. I don't know I sold that car six years ago, yeah, and it still hasn't been touched. In the time that I've known you, you built a Porsche Boxster, a spec Boxster. Uh, I built it for ITR. ITR, and then you've built a CRX, and you've built your four door. You've owned Dan the sedan. Yep. At one time, um, 
I've had, I think, I counted the other day, eight or nine race cars. We, we so haven't uh, had any spec boxers yet in GLTC, but I think that's a good car it's for It's a it. solid little car. And it kind of fits right around the power. Yeah, so they make so mine was a bone stock motor with an exhaust on it. It made one ninety five at the wheels. Pretty impressive. Which isn't bad. How much does it weigh? Um so Hey, do you have a microphone? <laughs> How much does it weigh? <laughs> Abe's tired and he's Instagram. <laughs> so in ITR the car had to weigh twenty eight fifty. Right. In That's spec, not too far off. No, mm-hmm. in, in Spec Boxster, they weighed, I think they have to weigh 2650. Right. It could be wrong, but it's right around 2600 like pounds. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty close, right? Just get it a little lighter. Yeah, and that was with a 2.5 liter. Yep. So if you did a 2.7, you'd probably make a little bit over 250. And that's basically a stock. You know, we didn't. Yeah. Do, I didn't do anything. They don't have diffs or anything in them. Just no. cage it and go. Yeah. No open diff. So right? I ra- yeah, I ran that car once at Charlotte, and then I was like, well, let's see if I could sell it and see make any money on it. Made so I sold it. Out. It made a decent amount of money on it. Yeah. And uh, that's when I bought the the CRX, the red. Yeah. Uh, well, it was red at the time when I bought it. Yeah, the one that Peter has now. Yep. And then uh, ran that for three years, sold it, and. That car. You ran that thing for three years? I didn't run it for. No, I didn't. I take that. I bought it in 15. I raced it in 16 for the runoffs. And then, yeah, I sold it at the end. So, I only, yeah, I had it for almost three years, but I only raced for the first year and a half. I didn't really. You know, it was supposed yeah. to be a quick, easy build. Just to prove, like, how crazy improved touring was, like, in the 2000s, like, early 2000s, that car was built and it was, like, acid dipped. Yep. So and the, it was, like, a full powder coat full inside, powder coated out, inside out. And, like, just crazy. Yeah, the outside of it was powder coat too. Yeah, the whole thing, the whole exterior, everything. Which you think is great. Oh, it's powder coated. It's right. awesome. But then when you start working on it, and you have to like <laughs> do grounds or find out that the guy who built the yeah. cage in it didn't build it with the right size tubing. Yeah, the tubing was too thin. Right? Yeah, so I had to redo. So I ended so up having to do the whole center section because yeah. the diagonal and the seat brace because being six four and a CRX yeah. don't go well together. So I had to. Moved, they had straight bars, so I had to do a bent back seat brace and all yeah. that stuff. And then they came up to tech it, and he's like, uh, your down legs are 060. I'm like, come on, they're not 060. And they already had a logbook. Right. And he's like, no, it's 060. So I had, That's had, really thin. Right. So it's supposed to be 095. So I had to redo all the back down legs in it. That's really thin. So and then of course you can't match powder, you can't powder coat it so again. So taped it up. So I just taped it up and painted it black. Actually, pretty good. It looked all right. So yeah, the, everything in that car. The underneath of the dash is it's a it had a made you know, steel dash in, it, and even the underside of it looked the paint the powder coat underneath was was better than the rest of the car. Yeah. So, but it so up, much time and money. Yeah, thing. they apparently from what I was and told, then they cheated on the down tubes of the roll. From what cage. I was told, there was ten thousand dollars in the chassis, just in the tub, just just in the chassis to get the cage done. There was That's ten crazy. grand in it. That's so crazy. I want to know. Uh, Acid dipping sounds really exotic. Yeah. Uh, what's the before and after on weight? It's typically like semi-substantial. So, so on the sedan, I weighed. Did when you I, do it? So I, I didn't acid dip it, but yeah. I saved every piece of sound deading and seam sealer when I stripped the, the of whole floor. Of course you did. Because I kind of wanted to know. <laughs> yeah. So all the sound editing on the sedan was 15 pounds. So all right. the stuff, all the seam sealer underneath. All the goopy stuff. All the goopy that, stuff was 15 pounds. So you on got, a did Sierra, you get it down to bare metal underneath? Oh, yeah. The whole Jeez. underneath. I got pictures of it in the garage. It's, it was horrible. It must have taken 30 a he, hours. A heat gun and a crud thug. A crud, yeah. That's it, like was, it didn't take that long. It, it did stink. The whole house smelled. Ugh. Those garages had little rubber pellets everywhere 15 pounds speaking 15 of pounds. uh smelly house yeah 
I told you this morning that I uh, I shorted out the uh, the extension cord on the <laughs> RV today. Abe doesn't know how to RV yet. I, it's my yeah. first time RVing yeah. everybody. Uh, I had a hundred foot extension cord and it uh, probably was, like a cute little guy. Yeah, yeah, it was like one of those light duty cords and uh, it was on a reel. And oh, yeah. <laughs> that's where they put the heavy duty ones. They wind them up like a garden hose. Yeah. yeah and uh, <laughs> Ashley, Ashley walks out. And she's like, it smells like burning. And it's like two seconds later, it was like, pop. <laughs> and, uh, and now you don't and, record and, anymore. Uh, yeah, that cord's gone. When you told me you had a hundred foot cord, I'm like, man, that thing must be like 50 pounds. Because <laughs> like I have a 50 foot cord and it's 40 pounds. It's like a hundred foot so, cord for a flashlight. How many amps yeah. is your 50 foot cord? I, I don't know, but it's it's an inch in diameter. Okay, well, it's I only big. have 20 amp cord. Yeah, now. it's close. It's close. I don't know what any of those numbers mean, but I know that you need a big cord for yep. Yep. an RV. Derek knows all about you just need bigger thickness. Yeah. That's what he wants. From Texas, <laughs> from Texas we just go... It, Whatever the biggest one y'all sell, just that's up what, that that's girth. What, that's yeah. what we're doing. It's a, it's yeah. about like a Coke can. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The uh, yeah RVs are hard. We were trying to fix Abe's generator for like, or just trying to diagnose it for like twenty minutes tonight. But don't bit, don't sidetrack this podcast. We have a separate mosquitoes. podcast for that. No, we, we do. We have we had, we do have an RV podcast coming soon. Um, so you uh, you sold the CRX and now you built the craziest Civic four door. Yep, I went a little crazy. It's one of my favorite cars. It's really cool. So it's it, been it's been out. I've had it for so it made it out to Grid Life in South in yep. sixteen. That was two years ago. Right? Yeah. So it did. That was my first I, ever Grid Life event. And 16, I that was seventeen. I literally was still working 17. on it. Seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah, I was still working on it the day of to finish yep. it. Thrash to get it's that thing F done. Production for car. So it yep. did like three or four sessions that weekend, and then I autocrossed it. In November of that year, and it has basically sat in my garage. No, you've taken it apart. I've taken it apart. I've donned it. I <laughs> sold the motor sad. that was in it. Sold a whole the engine and the wiring harness and all that stuff out of it. Yeah, to, and uh, built a whole other engine for it. I think you. Why? Yeah, you know, why'd you do all that? It was fast. You know, because I like. You know, Adam can't be the only one with a 1.5 liter <laughs> in his car. <laughs> yeah, I, we we want to be like the king of of garbageville. That's right. <laughs> we want to be the one mayor. Six is just that's the a mayor big of that's a dumb big town. One six yeah. is a big block. We want the to put king this. is stupid. That's <laughs> where, that's where we're at. <laughs> so yeah, now it's just got a little one five in it. Yeah. So you built uh, it's a crazy one point five. Yeah, it's fourteen to one <laughs> <laughs> with a car with carburetors with, with dual Webers on it. Uh, what do you run ignition wise? You said SDS. So yeah, system? it's got this SDS ignition system. They they do a fuel injection system, but a lot of it's set up for aircraft stuff, like right. kit planes and stuff. But they make it for cars. That's what I used on my 914. And uh, so I bought that ignition system for it. And it's got a little handheld programmer, so you don't have to have a laptop no computer, with you. No. no computer, no little dials. You put some magnets in the, in the crank some magnets toy. and a Subaru. It's a Subaru coil. Okay. Just one coil. Just run, one coil. Run wires and good to go. Yep. Can you run anything but that or no? What do you mean? That coil? Can you run coil on plug? Can you just, no, it's only set up for that coil. You just do that coil, you do this, and yep. it works. Yep. Um, right, right up. So, so that car is almost done. Uh, in your day job, you've worked on a lot of race cars. What are you trying to tell me with those fingers? 31. 31? This has been recording for 31 That's minutes. That's fine. I don't care. I'm, talking about, I'm going to talk about race cars, Abe. Do you want to talk about race cars? Welcome to Slip Angle Podcast, Abe. <laughs> Abram left to go take a leak. Let's make it finger, finger motions, Abe. I'm trying to produce this shit. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know what. Uh, so you, in your day jobs, you've worked on race cars for a long time. Yeah, so... Um, 
This is the cool part. We're so just I worked. Get into cool so stuff. I worked at o- my first real race car job was working at uh, OPM, right? Where I basically was a service manager, and then uh, other people's money. Yeah, optimum performance machine. But now it's been uh, the lady who owns it now says it's zero profit margin. Zero profit margin. <laughs> That's what it stands for now. Yeah. But um, so I worked there for the three. The flowers don't own it anymore. No, Tom still owns it. Okay. That's what his wife calls oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the joke is it's optimum performance machines, but the joke is always other people's money. Yeah. But uh, so I worked there for. Oh really? That's a that's actually something people have already said. Oh I yeah. I never heard that oh, before. Yeah, been, I just, yeah. I just yeah the said whole time it. it's yeah. always been other. Yeah, everyone says it's other people's money. <laughs> so so PP man, you know it's me. It's a prep <laughs> shop. They build race cars. Yeah. So I started. Um, so I was service manager, and then I sold race parts. Back when IT was big, we actually sold parts, you know, for I for CRXs and Civics and Integras and stuff. So it's kind of like tech advice. People would call, what shock should I run? What spring rates? So I did that for a while. Uh, ended up leaving there for some strange reasons and uh, ended up working at Sunbelt Performance Engines, which is no longer in business, but they were – they started – BMW cams, right? No, they did the, the, the stock Spec Miata cams. Uh, yeah, they a lot of Spec Miata. A lot of Spec Miata stuff. So I, I worked there during the heyday of the early years of Spec Miata when the motors were getting a little a little crazy. Yeah, I mean that. Even though they're gotten some craziness these days, but was it was it was the plunge cut kind of stuff and thing oh, back yeah, then? Like ever, the, they buy all the heads and full bunch the them all. So we bought crate motors, brand new crate motors, took them apart, right? Uh, honed the cylinders out, got the clearances all right, got right bearing clearances. Brand new engines, you took brand apart. new motors, took apart, and then redid all the valve seats and and stuff like that for a Miata. Put them back together and then sell them for like seven grand. So, what year was this? This was uh, early two thousands. Yeah, early two thousands, I think. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, probably like, oh three, oh four, I guess. How long was Spec Miata a thing at that point? That, in 03? So early two thousands when it started. So, that, so, so mm-hmm. the class had only been around a couple of years, and you guys were already. Oh yeah, it didn't take long. Because I, I hear some guys talk about, oh, Spec Miata has turned into this crazy thing. No, it's no, from day one. No, right away, years. right? Yeah, that's it's, what I. It's that's been what crazy. I thought. It's been crazy. I mean, no spec class is ever yeah. gonna. Well, except for Spec Racer Four, that's about the only class. The, well, because they sell one the motor. person. Yeah, because yeah, one person sells the motor. Yeah, one company. Yeah. But yeah, so we'd buy a crate motor for like eighteen hundred bucks. I don't know how much they were. Brand new right. one six. Brand new. Brand new. Sell it for like sixty five hundred bucks. Just but that's like, dy- that was dynoed and everything. So every motor that got built got went on the dyno. And was what, uh, what what kind of power difference would that be? Five horsepower? Oh, between I, honestly, I don't think we ever put. I don't remember ever putting a stock motor on and dynoing it. You don't know what they made? Mm-mm. I don't remember. I know that. <laughs> well, yeah, it make you feel story. better. You obviously you spent money. It had to be faster. Of course. And then we had special special air quote cams. What was special about them? They were bigger. They were. They were. They weren't much. <laughs> they, really they, were, <laughs> they were. They were not stock. They weren't mixed. They were some other. They were only had a couple degrees. I think a little different duration, but yeah. everybody had to have them. That was another thousand dollars. Jeez. For those cams. For duration difference. Yeah, it wasn't much. How were they? Legal? They made like I think it made like two horsepower. How were they legal though? You couldn't tell. <laughs> of course. <laughs> if it's not techable, then it's legal. And that is exactly why spec series. And that's not why cool. Racing is stupid. There's, <laughs> one, there's one way you can tell, right? But you had to like, like with a cam doctor kind of thing, or what? They'd leave a little dimple on the on one of the journals, right? So, 
But yeah, so we did a ton of those engines. We did the one, and then we started doing the one eights when those came in. Do you right. think people are still doing that? It sounds like uh, like Tour de France back in the day, right? Like if, if everyone's cheating, is it still cheating? Yeah, if everybody's on all the drugs and blood replacement, so it's not favorite, a big deal. My favorite one was uh, so the one eights came in. They had to do a flat plate restrictor, and it right. just said the early rule. Of course, remember the people who are running the series are also the ones making the rules. Yes. So they said, "Oh, you're gonna, the one eights have to run a restrictor." All it said had to be whatever 34 millimeter restrictor. Yeah. But it never said it had to be flat. It never said it had to be centered. Yeah. So they ended up building, and there's one on the guy who was the CNC guy had it on his shelf. Um, this was before I started working there, and it was basically a Venturi inside the flat plate restrictor. And the one eight manifold apparently has this one little bad section behind the throttle body, and so this restrictor didn't lose any horsepower. (laughs) 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 So then, of course, someone got caught with it, and they're like, so then they changed the rule to be in flat. So, so it was like like GTL stuff. style, like Venturi's and crazy, yeah. crazy restrictors to make one or two horsepower. That's so wild. That sounds so expensive. Well, one or two horsepower makes a difference, you know, when oh, everybody's yeah. running oh, within yeah, a tent. Absolutely. You know? absolutely. Every horsepower counts. So, I mean, I think the one sixes were making like one sixteen at the wheels or something. That's pretty good. So, so it's not bad. So, and then uh, did, is that when you went into working on Porsche engines after that? No. So, I, yeah, I left Sunbelt. Um, Sunbelt was getting a little sketchy. Uh, paychecks were uh, not doing real well. No. So I was like, I'm done with this. I had, at that time, I had like a one year old. My daughter was like a year old. It was like, like a dozen years ago. I got a, yeah. It was. Yeah. I've, well, I've been at my current job now for thir- this is my 13th year. Okay, long time. So uh, on 914 World, and the guy who owned uh, at the time was Air uh, Rabies Air Cooled Technology was a Type Four place. Right. Um, he's like, oh, I'm going to start needing some help. I'm going to do these engine kits, and I need someone to do it. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I'll do it. So mm-hmm. ended up working up there. Um, so I did the Type 4 engine kit stuff. So basically, customer would buy a motor, and they'd put it together themselves, but I'd do all the prep work. So okay. I kind of mock the motor up, set the deck height, balance it. So basically, when they got it, all they had to do was clean it and put it together. Yeah. And uh, so I did that for three or four years there. Okay. And then... We started getting into doing the M96 motors. Yeah. Um, the illustrious, illustrious water cooled. Yeah. So the well, first water cooled portions, right? Yeah. So well, six cylinder ones. Yeah. But yeah, so I started. Uh, we had a we had hired a Porsche tech to uh, to help out with that program, but they don't build engines at Porsche. They just if it's beyond the valve cover, you just get a new motor. So when they started having the rear main seals leaking on all those cars, right. They didn't. They just put a new motor in it. Are you serious? Yeah. So a lot of people got new engines because the rear main seals leak. So basically, the the crank where they when they machined the the dowels to line the carrier up, the crank carrier up with the block, right. they missed, and some of them were like twenty to thirty thousandths off center. Holy smokes! So the rubber seals wouldn't seal. They'd seal for 15,000 miles, and then they'd wear the seal out, sort and then they'd leak oil. Though. So yeah. then they came up with that cardboard paper type seal, and that helped. So that was to be, but they just put motors in them. Really? Yeah. Just sell you. Well, they were only like a, a, the motors were only like fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars. They were cheap. Only. Yeah. Well, for a Porsche. For a Porsche. Yeah. Considering the air cooled motors, the three six air cooled motors, I think those motors were like fifty grand. No. When you had to buy one of those. So that's oh how gosh. much cheaper the the new motors. That's pretty were. cheap. Um, and so you've been working on on Porsche engines for a while. What's your biggest thing that you do now? So that's all I do is build M96, M97 motors. I've built uh, three or four of the new 
uh, generation 09 up, so right. the 9 Alpha 1 motors. I built four of those right. since I've been there. Um, but so you build just M96s all I've built long. like t over 200 M96, M97 motors. Just rebuild, usually upgrade. Complete, too, yeah. Right? Th well, nothing we do is stock. So if you come in with a 3.6, yeah. um, you're either going to get a 3.8 or a 4 liter. Okay. So because we replace the cylinders, um, company LN does the Nicosil yep. cylinders. Um, so we either up the we're going to up the bore. I mean, it's stupid to yeah. build a motor back to stock. It costs pretty much the same to do. Yeah, you know yeah. the cylinders and the pistons. So, uh, so with the M ninety six, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like, you know, I hear it on other podcasts. I hear it on the internet. Like, there's a lot of like, this is the problem. That is the problem. What's the real problem? Um, a lot of it with the. There's like two problems I've heard of. It's the IMS bearing. Yeah, and then so the water pump slash crap gets in the head and over yeah so the yeah you got so it, it it changes between years so okay. like if you started in 97 98 the two fives those motors are pretty bulletproof right but in 99 the plant that was building the blocks burned down <laughs> so they started having casting problems okay and so it, so like a 97 boxer 97 98 boxers are great or is a good is a good the two that two five motor is really good they now they can still lose an ims bearing but as far as cylinder problems go, so if you buy a '97 Boxster, before we go any further, what's an IMS bearing? Tell the so the IMS bearing. There's a shaft underneath the crank that's yeah. driven off the crank to the IMS shaft to run the chains for the cams. Yeah, Porsche was so cheap, the heads are the same casting left and right. Yeah, so they save money to do that, but to do that, they had to run a shaft underneath the motor to run the front side of one head and the back side of the other head. Yep. Now Porsche did that on the air-cooled 911 engines had an IMS shaft too. But they didn't use a ball bearing in yeah. the back of it that was sealed. They used a plain bearing like every other engine in the world has. Yeah, an oil-fed bearing. Right, an oil-fed bearing. <clears throat> so basically it's relying on the internal grease. Right, of a sealed bearing. Right. Which, as everyone knows, eventually... And it gets Went. oil. There's oil sits right next to that bearing. And so seals get old. Right, okay. They leak, they get old, so... Yeah, I thought it was something to do with driving the... Yeah, so the in 97 to somewhere in late 2000, they were a dual-row bearing. And right. then in 01, they went to a single row bearing. So the same amount of load, but half the bearing. Oh. So that's when the lawsuit started to, started to happen. 01 to 05 cars had the single row. That's the one that I think 9 to 10% of the cars failed. Okay. Porsche's still pretty bed. low, actually. Still pretty low. But um, a lot of these cars don't get driven that much. That's part of the and problem. That's the part of the, and that's part of the problem. So we had a 05 Boxster come in with 16,000 miles on it with a, bad eye, with a blown IMS bearing. When they blow, what happened? Um... It just all the metal goes. It depends on how long you drive it. So some people hear noises and shut them off. There are other people that are doing eighty down the freeway and they can't hear it and they just keep driving it and then basically, yeah, and it just bends the valves. Just um, we, wrecks everything. Yeah, it just wrecks everything. So then the motor's got to come apart and it needs to come apart anyways if the bearing starts to fail because you're just circulating metal right. through the engine and the filter gets some of it, but not all of it. You need to get, and then it's still in the engine and it's still circulating. So the uh, the fix. What's the best fix for that? So LN came out with a ceramic ball bearings, right. which helps. Um, and then my boss invented the uh, the solution, which is a oil pressure fed plain bearing that yeah. replaces the bearing, and that that just works. Just works. Okay. So we've not had any failures at all. With How that many bearing. have you done like th with that? Um, I've built probably since it's been out i've probably built over 100 engines with the solution and i've probably put another 25 or 30 in myself yeah so i don't know how many ln has sold but it's a bunch hmm. 
So there's ways to fix it. There, yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, and what's the other shortcomings of that engine? Um, so the plastic impeller on the water pump. Right. On the some of the 2000, 2001s, if the plastic impeller breaks, it gets trapped in the cylinder head and can cause the cylinder head to crack. Yeah, it overheats. And yeah. Well, they don't ever. They'll, no, everyone will tell you. It never got hot. And no, but it, like the but spot, it, that spot gets hot. Yeah, that, and it yeah. cracks the head. Then you get coolant in your oil and oil yeah. in your coolant, and yeah, that's always you good. get a milkshake. Yeah, so. it brings all the boys to the yard <laughs> and all the Blakes to the engine. <laughs> so that's one failure. And then uh, the, some of the three fours and three sixes crack cylinders. They yeah. actually what they call a D chunk, where part of the cylinder just blows out of it. Oh, I've, I've heard of that. What and years is that? So that's happens? like two thousand. Any of the three fours and three sixes can do that. They crack a cylinder. I don't know what years. Has, so <laughs> so anyway, the two thousand to uh, to like oh five. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've heard of that on those year cars. All right, so I'm gonna ask a dumb question. Yeah. Are all of these engines for boxsters? So, or some the, the, so the engines are all designed exactly the same between a 97 Boxster and an 08997S. Yeah. They're all basically the same 911 They're all basically the same architecture. The cases are a little different. The cranking yeah. carriers are different. But it's all the same architecture. They all yeah. the, uh, you, can take, you can take an IMS shaft out of a 97 Boxster and put it in an 08. The only difference is the chain. It's a bicycle in the early car and, a, and a, you know, the newer style chain. So you'd have to... It won't work, but the, physically it'll go in those engines. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that they shared all that same stuff until I started. You the know. same $2 rod bolts. I mean, that's how Porsche started making money. They, yeah. That's how, I mean. They were literally going out of business. They were literally going out of business. And then they made a bunch of, like, cheaper, semi-good-looking cars with weird headlights. Yes. Hashtag Cayenne. Those yeah. motors sound awesome, though. They do. They, they do. do. And they can make good power. Don't get me started on Cayennes because that's another. We had <sighs> putting one motor in that is not fun. In my building, I have a first gen Cayenne and I have a first gen Boxster right now. <laughs> oh. What year is the one? You, you got the have? one with the chop, the top the chopped the chop off. Yeah, yeah, I cut the roof off. What year is that Boxster? It's blue on blue, blue top. Yeah, it's uh, it might be a ninety nine, ninety eight. So you got to look for paint dots. Paint dots. Paint dots on the block because that's the ones that failed inspection. So they put a paint dot on it, and then it goes to a room and they fix it. So my dad bought a 99 Boxster that locked up, and the, the, we took it apart. And so in 99, when the, the, you can look at the case halves and tell the castings are horrible. Right. And so what Porsche ended up doing is they ended up sleeving it with an aluminum really? sleeve. And what happens is they put a little step in the top of it to lock, so it'll stay in. Well, over time, it cracks the sleeve. And then oh, so cool. the sleeve starts to drop <laughs> down towards the carrier, and right. then it, when it gets enough room for a ring to sit in it, it just grabs and just yanks the sleeve down and, and then blows the piston up. Yeah, out the piston goes. Yeah. yeah. So that's what happened to my dad's motor. So his motor had like a little yellow spray dot on it. Okay. I've seen blocks where they've actually taken a TIG torch and welded up the aluminum because it was porous, and they've melted the aluminum on it. To... At the factory? Oh, yeah. I've had one. <laughs> oh, yeah. They don't, they don't let anything go to waste. They, no, they everything just, gets fixed. It had, to be, it had to go out. Yeah, it had, they fixed all of them. And so I've seen them with TIG marks in them where they've melted the aluminum. No way. Yep. I've seen one where the whole uh, coolant passage on the bottom of it was completely TIG welded up and remachined. Because it was so porous. Or something just happened, like it failed, the casting wasn't that good. Like wow. it maybe didn't get enough aluminum down there or something. That's crazy. Yeah, it's. They they're don't not let, throwing anything they're away. They're not throwing anything use away. Them all. They use it all. 
That is wild. So, I kind of want a 97 Boxster now. Yeah, that's really interesting. So well, I mean, We were at uh, Streets of Willow. Right. Um, I think they were doing like a, a spec Boxster event. It was a PCA event race. Or, yeah. or, or, or something. There was a few Boxsters And uh, an old Boxster that's uncorked Dude, sounds might so not good. be fast, but it does sound amazing. Oh, you, awesome. you should have heard mine. So mine had a two-into-one exhaust with a megaphone on it. Yeah. And it sounded like it was turning 10,000 RPM. That's awesome. <laughs> it is the loudest Two into thing. one? Yeah, so it was a two bank, so it had the regular exhaust, and then it did two into one. Most everybody just runs one out, you know, two, right. one exhaust out of each side. Right. But I did a two into one to a megaphone. Oh, so both banks went to one. It came out the center, just like the stock exhaust I thought you had, like, three megaphones. And no, two it just into had one. the one, and it was so loud. We, when yeah. I took it to Charlotte, they said you could hear it all the way around the whole track. It's pretty it was badass. so loud. No muffler. It sounded really? sweet. Huh? No muffler. No, no muffler, just a megaphone. <laughs> <laughs> just, just I like this noise so much, I'm just going to make it, it loud. Actually, I've had two cars at the shop break the dyno. Like, so that shook how? the hard drive so bad that it... The vibration from it. <laughs> so my Boxster broke the dyno and my 914 broke the dyno. Yeah. The, the computer Just on the dyno. Way too loud. Just too, yeah, way too loud. Why do you build cars so loud? I don't anymore. My new cars, yeah. actually. The, my, the Civic and the CRX have been the quietest cars I've ever yeah. owned. <laughs> a megaphone on a Porsche. F5 it was great. Sense. It sounded awesome. I put a single chamber Flowmaster on it, too. It sounded really good with that. It probably still sound pretty good, yeah. And the, the guy who bought it from me actually ran it and raced it with a megaphone. So it didn't blow yeah. any of the sound. I mean, Road Atlanta's 103. Is it really? Yeah. And it never went All out. the time? Yeah. I don't think I've ever been flagged for sound anywhere. Yeah. I think it's 103 at Road Atlanta. Interesting. So. I've never talked about sound at Road Atlanta with anybody. Yeah. Maybe one car. They might have told me to make one car go away. It might have been Sheelan Wu. <laughs> or it could have been Savannah's car. Savannah's car's really loud, too. Mm. Sheelan Wu got the boot at M1. And I think he even got yelled at here i don't remember that was a loud mustang car is so loud it was it's a v6 mustang with no mufflers huh. and it was supercharged that's it was sad, supercharged. sadly loud it was so that, loud it was supercharged it shri- car was fast it shrieked oh no they're just not good sounding no, no they're just no, not good they're, sounding no, cars that's what i mean uh, the uh so the m96 and stuff um Anything else? Like, what do you guys do when you make them fast? Like, what kind of power do you get out of them? Like, so, because I think that's a topic that so many people. Like, yeah, and it, there's so many like internet like lore. Yeah, and it varies. Of course, about. we're talking dynos. Everyone's chat. We we chassis dyno every motor we build. Right. So we drive every car. We chassis dyno it. Make sure it's making the power that it others have made. But it depends on what bolt-ons you have. Um, so if you do a four liter in a later car, um, you know, north of three hundred at the wheels. Um, my friend Ivan, uh, he's got a, a 02 0-2-996 that he bought from a customer of ours, and I rebuilt his 3.8, and it made 3.20 at the wheels. And he's good. got uh, IPD plenum and the GT3 throttle body, right. and then um, still got the stock exhaust manifolds, and then he's got uh, fab speed center section okay. and the stock mufflers that we just It's got to sound awesome. It does. It sounds really good. And that yeah. car made 320, and that's pretty strong for a, yeah. a 3.8. Now, the years that have the problem where the blocks crack, right? Mm-hmm. When you all build them, does that fix that? Yeah, or? so we machine. So the company that does the sleeving LN, we, they machine all the cylinder out of it, and then they put a billet aluminum cylinder in it that's nickel plated. Gotcha. And LN is like right down the road. Yeah, it's yeah. just, like 30, I was there today. 30 miles away, yeah. Yep. They have a full machine shop and stuff there? Yep, they have, I think they have. Two CNC mills, a lathe, 
No, three CNC mills and a, and a CNC lathe. That's like an unmarked Porsche shop, too, right? Yes, I I've never been there. I did. You you were yeah. telling texting me today, and yeah, I was like, like, people are like, what's this shop? And it's like down in the middle of a cornfield, basically. It literally is, and it's like <laughs> in this town, and like there's these wild Porsches driving in and out of it. I've had like three people say to me, like, is that like a secret Porsche shop? <laughs> Down in moments. Yeah, so they, they also built they have built racing services there and so they actually yeah. do tub and white caimans. Yeah. Um so they take a tub and white and then build it into a race car. In the car. middle of a farm field. In the middle of nowhere, yep. Yeah. And up in our shops in the middle of no- where we build the engines. Literally if you drove by you just thought oh, it's just someone's old chicken coop in a right. in someone's house. So we're literally in the middle of nowhere too. There's no signs. Yeah. We don't have visitors. Nobody just stops by. We yeah. have gates on the door. Um so yeah, nobody really knows like we should even, take a road trip, Adam. <laughs> I kind of want to see it. I do and even it. people that live there, like, there's Porsche engines get built up here. It's yeah. like, if you only knew. <laughs> yeah. What's the What's the wildest one that you built? Um, how crazy can you go? So that? my boss just built one that's pretty wild. Um, but uh, basically, we just do the four a bunch of four liters. Yeah. Kind of uh, formulaic with that stuff. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's you do it, what it what works, and you do that. Yeah. yeah. We've got the recipe down pretty well. Didn't you say to me at Mike's wedding that they like tune themselves? So they do adapt a little bit, right? But we, you know, they still need to be. Some of them do need to be flashed. But okay. like my dad's boxer was a two five. We made it into a two point nine. Right. And the AFR is perfect on it. It just it just adapted. Figured it out, and you know, we took my dad's two five, which makes like I donated it. Before, well, I donated the motor that we had in his car. When we we bought a motor to put in it so we could drive it while I built him his new motor, okay. so it made like one sixty five, and now with his two point nine, it makes like two ten at the wheels. So Very it's impressive. yeah, it's like a three two boxer now, and it just figures it out. Yeah, it just figures it out. Hmm. So they're pretty new, smart. New cars are strange. Yeah, until uh, you yeah. have fuel injection problems. Yeah, and then I'm gonna go carburetor. You just bolt carburetors yeah. on and be done. Yeah. Uh, so yesterday, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I was having more problems, and uh, Blake almost sold me some carbs. <laughs> Hey, my car's only running on three cylinders. I wonder what's wrong. Oh, I got a clogged jet. Let me, yeah. let me fix that real quick. Blow it out. I'm yeah. good to go. Yeah, maybe one of those things. <laughs> Plus, they do sound glorious. They do sound cool, man. My my 4AG in the Fraser, like the 4AG with 48 Webers, oh, oh. it sounded so cool until it, until it died spectacularly. When it I had my awesome when it was alive. when I had the E production 914, it had six inch tall velocity stacks on it with like they were like four inches at the top. Six they were inch huge. tall. Yeah, they were huge. And there's no back window in it because you cut the windshield off in production, so you have no windshield, no back yeah. back window. And I did a parade lap with no helmet on. Big mistake. I floored it. It was the, so loud, the noise yeah. coming out of that thing was deafening. Like it hurts your head. Yes. Yeah, it sucks your brain through your ears. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, you've lived an interesting car life. Uh, kind of cool. Yeah, uh, it's been adventurous. And now you play with stupid Hondas. With stupid us. Hondas, yeah. <laughs> They're fun and they're cheap. They are <laughs> Relati- cheap. relatively speaking. Yeah. What? What is? Uh, you said you have a year and a half backlog right now at uh, at work. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it, and everyone's like, well, "Why don't you just hire more people? Why don't you hire more people?" The problem is that the company can only do so much block work a month, and then the plating takes so much time, and it literally takes a week and a half to two weeks to do the to build the motor, clean yeah, it, just prep to do it, the work, get it in yeah. the car, dyno it, test drive it. You know, so we basically do two to three engines a month. And right now, yeah. I think. I mean, uh, too, like anyone I know who runs a business or owns a business where it takes skilled work, it's hard to find a guy that can do that. It is. It is. And I can't also, find anybody help me? Yeah. Can't do it. And so, yeah, I think uh, 
think we're through August or September of next year, That's and then crazy. we have a waiting list because now it's just the point where we can't keep track of. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of a lot of people. So I think one guy actually wanted to wait till January of 2021. So, so you sold him an engine for so two years. Sold him an engine for a year and a half. A year I'll, and a half I'll out. Buy and sell three cars before it gets to twenty. Derek's gonna Derek's gonna make like eighty thousand bucks on Turo before then. Hopefully, yeah. it's just it is. All it, the cars. And the crazy Mo- thing, both is, my cars are rented right now. Yeah, you're making money right now, Derek. Right now, I'm making money. <laughs> Man, I'm doing it so wrong. You can put a setting in where you can block out, you know, days. But that, that means that people can still rent them before to return after. Okay. So I blocked out this weekend because I was going to be up here with you guys. Yeah. And, you know, some people picked them up the middle of the week, and then they're going to return them Monday, Tuesday. That's rad. When are you going to get home? Because you're bringing my RV to, to I Texas. should get home Monday night, depending on how it goes. Because i got to return my rental car Sunday right. afternoon somehow and figure out how to get back and yeah. get the RV. Yeah. But, yeah, I sold uh, – you sold the RV for me. Yeah, I sold Adam's RV for him to a guy in Dallas. Yeah, should be the, fun. The guy that has uh, trackdecals.com. Oh, him that's plug. him? That's him. I didn't know that. Yeah, same dude. Is that his full-time job? Yeah. yeah really? Yeah. Cool. He's got a couple guys works works with him, sends stickers all over the country. That's right. Or, no, over the world. He sends a lot of international, too. He sent said. me some money the other day. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I flew up, and I'm going to road trip the Rad V back to Dallas yeah. for our get, new buddy, Clay. I get to teach you all the ins and outs of the RV. So. Yeah. No, I'm just going to hold her flat. <laughs> Don't hold it flat. <laughs> if you do, drive it by the temp gauge, then. <laughs> Tachometer don't mean anything. Drive by the temp gauge. All right. Yeah, uh, it uh, should be okay not pulling a trailer. It's probably never not pull the trailer. It doesn't care when you don't pull a trailer. But the same. I mean, you still want to go like sixty-five. Yeah, it's it's just gearing wise. Open the windows on the back. Yeah, if it gets windy, you just open all the windows. <laughs> but, um, yeah, well, it it uh, we're at the track. We're doing race car things and we're recording podcasts. And uh, I'm glad we got to talk about Porsche things finally. Yeah, I, I I talked to you for like forty minutes at Mike's wedding about M96 motors. And I'm like, man, I gotta get Blake out to talk about M96. They're cool. I mean, half of me wish they would have just made the cars right, because I kind of want one, but I am not gonna have your. They're sort of. It's sort of fascinating, like hearing the soap opera of how do how do you fix an M96. They would be they would be worth a lot more money though if they They would if they would have put motors in. They're actually still fairly valuable for what they are though, like. Twenty thirty thousand bucks buys you a nice one. Like yeah, still kind of. Yeah. Have you ever built like a Metzger motor or anything? No, I have not built one of those. I built. Uh, I did one of the nine fourteens I had. I did build a air cooled six for it. Okay. And then my dad has a nine fourteen six that we're restoring, so I'll build that motor. Yeah, a real nine fourteen. A real nine fourteen six. So that's been in, in restoration since ninety two when we bought it. It's a long time. That's a long yeah, time. Restoration. But. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's been at the paint shop now for I think five years. That's body shop jail right there. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but it's next in line. So the guy, who, <laughs> <laughs> so, we keep, so we keep hearing it's, it's five next. Years. It's next. It's next in line. Well, he did the guy who. Uh, so I don't know, you remember the nine sixteen that just sold the Brutus overseas that went for yeah. like nine hundred thousand dollars. Right. Well, that guy who's painting our car painted that car. Okay, well, that's the guy you want. Yeah, that's the guy you want. Okay. My dad, the, the paint job price is a little expensive, but I told my dad, I was like, we don't have a whole lot in the car. Yeah. So, and now that it's worth stupid money, we can afford to do a nice paint job. Right. And I'm building the motor and rebuilding the transmission. We're doing all the other work right. except for the paint. So, it's like 
we can splurge on the paint job. Maybe a little bit. I think we'll do our. I think we'll be all right. Yeah. On. Not that I plan on selling it when it gets done, but I mean, eventually. It's, a, it's also very. It's one of a couple thousand. Yeah, yeah, there's not many of them. Yeah. So and I I told my dad you need because I used to work at the uh, the Porsche place when I went by for the BMX track. I worked right. there for a while too. Didn't uh, didn't you? Li- you fl- you like flew somewhere to inspect one one time? Didn't no, you? Uh, you came down for that. That's no, I, what it was. The guy was, was in uh, Gainesville, yeah. and a yeah. guy online w- from England wanted me to wanted someone local to go look at one, so I went right. and looked at a nine fourteen six. Yeah, you dropped off a strut bar. Yep. Yeah, at I'm the like, NASA I, event. I met you at a thing, and you were going to look at a nine fourteen six for somebody from somewhere else. Yeah. But yeah. Um, the uh, the Porsche community seems like it's small, and seems like it's it's also like. Like the people that know things are small and kind of like tight knit. Yeah. But it's it's a very fast growing community too. Yeah, and the people it's changed a lot. The yeah. people the, once the, money gets injected into yeah, the Yeah, the the old guys that, you know, had the air cool cars, it's a different different generation I would say right. of uh owners now. Yeah, like yeah. the air cool cars now and there's a big group of them in Austin where I live. It's almost like a little hipster type of deal. Yeah. Lots of real young guys take right. them and Well, they're very cool cars though. Yeah. They are pretty. Yes. Uh, they're undeniably beautiful. Too expensive for me now. They're so crazy expensive. Yeah, they're out, out of sight. One time I, I uh I almost bought one for eight grand. Like twelve years ago. And I had eight grand and my wife was like, You're not buying and that thing would be worth like forty five grand right now. Yeah, my dad And we, I'm still sad about it. We came across uh this lady's husband died and he had a seventy two nine eleven S Targa. Right. And uh so this was about ten or twelve years ago and she wanted ninety five hundred dollars for it. And it had it was been repainted. The tears been redone. It was not a numbers matching car, but, but it nice had car. all the right parts. It had the S motor, the whole nine yards. Um, it hadn't been running for a year, so we picked it up, got it. Literally, we got it running. I drove it to work a couple times, right. and we sold it for twenty four thousand dollars. And that was right before the stuff. Like six months later, the car would have been worth forty. Jeez! And it, this, the prices just went through the roof. So it's like money. you just didn't know. No. As soon as as soon as they came out with the new GT3 with no manual transmission, is when everything started to. That is that's right around that time. Man. Prices are just five years ago, six years ago. They just gone. My down. my white Buffalo is nine nine six GT3. They are cool. They're so like cool. I'm, whenever I turned sixteen, those cars had just come out. Right. 05, 06. And that's that's my white Buffalo. I yeah. want one of those so bad. They're they're uh, they're very cool. But, well, we did we did a show. It took a while. We'll uh, we'll probably hit stop here and then we'll go to bed. Sounds so. good. Cool. Thanks, Blake. Yep. Appreciate. It. Later. See you. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the pits at Gridlight to say hello.